ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Welcome to episode 142 of the Soulful MBA podcast. Do you have people in your life that you admire from afar and then when you actually meet them in person, they're much more impressive than you originally thought? That's what it's been like to meet and become friends with Becca Tracy. Becca is the founder of The Uncaged Life, where she teaches solopreneurs, typically life coaches, nutritionists, designers, consultants, how to get new clients for their online business. We invited her onto the podcast because we wanted all of you to hear how she's crafted a life based on freedom and adventure. She lives a life that is the definition of uncaged. She has lived in a van for a year, rock climbing throughout the United States. She takes months off at a time backpacking, traveling, exploring, and is able to maintain high revenue and consistent offerings. We hear all the time how people want to travel the world, take more time off, work less, get paid more, and Becca is the best example of this we know. We explore how she set up her business, what she sells, how often she launches, and our goal is for you to see how this is possible. Becca's episode is an inspiring story and one you'll most likely be saying, I want that life. Let's listen now to the conversation with Becca Tracy. So welcome Becca to the podcast. Yay. Hi guys. Thanks for having me. Hello. So let's start Becca by just hearing a little bit about who you are, where do you live and what your business is currently. Yes, I'm Rebecca Tracy. I live in Toronto, Canada, soon to be moving to the mountains of British Columbia. Very Squamish. excited. <laughs> Squamish, yeah, closer to Sandy. And my business is The Uncaged Life, where I work with mostly coaches, life coaches, health coaches, any solopreneur type businesses really to help them get really clear on what their business is when they're first getting started so they can go out there and get clients. So we truthfully have followed you for a while and we like (laughs) read everything you do and watch and like, we should do what Rebecca Tracy's doing. And so it was so wonderful to actually meet you in person at Mariah Causes live event. So it's such a pleasure to know you now and be able to call you a friend. But I don't actually know your backstory, like obviously aware of your current business, but I would really love to hear like, how did you get here? What were you doing before? Yes. Okay. So it's a bit of a windy road as I'm sure most people's journeys are. So I started when I moved to Toronto from, I actually moved from Vancouver to Toronto and I went to nutrition school. So I got my designation as a registered holistic nutritionist. Was that through the Canadian Natural Nutritionist? It was through the Institute of Holistic Nutrition. So there's kind of the two in Canada. Mm -hmm. This one's I think just in Toronto. Maybe they have like Vancouver campus now. Yeah. So IHN. And so I did nutrition school and I was kind of 
you know, poking around at that business for a while. And at the time I was chatting with a friend who was in it and she was like, I think what you really want to do is life coaching. And I was like, what is that? I've never heard of that. And she's like, oh, it's this. And she explained it to me. And so I was like, okay. So I went and did a life coaching program because what I found with nutrition was that it was really hard to get people to change their eating habits. Like nobody wants to. (laughs) So I needed to foster that deeper connection. So I went to life coach training. And for a while I was kind of trying to combine those two things into a business. And at the same time, I was working part-time for an online wellness company here in Toronto, doing some like social media marketing and blogging stuff I had no idea about. It was like a minimum wage job. <laughs> Once a week I'd go in and they'd be like, ghost write a blog or run a contest on Twitter. And I was like, okay, no clue what I was doing. But I was learning things about online business, which was interesting. And so what I found when I was doing life coaching was that all of the people around me were my life coach friends and my nutritionist friends because those were kind of my two buckets of my world at the time. So I was practicing coaching on them. And the main thing that they all wanted, interestingly enough, was to figure out what they were going to do with their life once their training was over. They were all like, I think I want to start my own thing, but I don't know. And I don't want to work for a company. And they all had these visions of like what they wanted to create. And so I was life coaching them around that. Nothing to do with business because at the time I was like, I don't know anything about business, but I learned from this, you know, this part-time job that I have. And so the more I coached them on that, the more what we were talking about was really like their business purpose, their business vision. And a lot of what I was doing was giving them permission to let go of the things that they thought they had to do. So a lot of nutritionists, for example, came out and they're like, I want to help people just like learn to make healthy choices, but I don't want to make recipes. I don't really care about that. But they felt like they had to like have a recipe section on their blog because that's what all the other nutritionists did. And so my coaching was really just giving them permission to drop all the stuff that they didn't want to do. And that kind of eventually morphed into me teaching them like, oh, well, you can make a website. I'd learn how to do it from this other job. And so I was kind of like teaching them these very mediocre (laughs) online business skills. And, you know, at the time I was growing my own business, so I was investing in my own learning. And it just kind of morphed into, eventually I dropped the nutrition piece because I realized that was the piece that was really confusing in my business. I was like doing this coaching and helping people build these lives and businesses, but also health coaching, like it just didn't fit. So I had to kind of take my own advice and give myself permission to drop the piece that wasn't working for me, which took a lot of courage because I went to school for two years. I moved to Toronto to do it. I had so much invested in it that it it took a lot for me to drop that. And once I did, I realized a quickie, great. Now I can just, I can niche in a bit. I can get more focused. And the more that I learned about business and marketing, the more I loved it, realized I was good at it and started bringing more and more of it into the work with my clients. And now that's the only thing that I do. So it's funny because people are like, you must have an MBA. I'm like, me? No, (laughs) no. I just figured it all out in my own way and found a new way to teach it. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about online is it's all available to us and we can figure it out. It's kind of exciting. So how long has the Uncaged Life been in existence, that actual company? Since 2011. Oh, so quite a while. Yeah. Okay. And what I think is really interesting is you basically have one offering. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. More or less. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about that. So the offering is how many month program? So it runs twice a year as a group program, like a live class. And then the rest of the time it's on a self-study program. So anyone can buy it and just do it at their own pace or they can join the live class, but it's the same program, same program. Yeah. And so have you been tempted to create other things or have you been very focused (laughs) about having one fantastic offer? So I've been very focused because I started by creating so many things. The first year of my business, probably the first two years I tried one-on-one, like for over a year, I'd work with clients. I tried like VIP days, one-on-one. I tried small group programs. I tried creating an online course. 
I ran a retreat. I did a membership. I did basically everything you <laughs> One could of everything. try. <laughs> and I was just, I'm a, like a quick start. I just jump in and I have an idea and I do it like the same day. So it was easy for me to just go out and implement. I'm not a perfectionist. I never struggled with like, oh, I have to make the offer perfect. I was just like, I don't know, put it in a Google doc and see if somebody will buy it. So that was really my strategy. And so because I really tested so many things quickly, I mean, by quickly, I say it probably took two to three years of really trying and testing things until I realized what I loved doing was this group and I'd become really focused on it. The content was getting better and better. And so I slowly started getting rid of my other offers. So I got, I had a couple small mini courses that sold for like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something. I got rid of all of those. They were just kind of confusing my message. They weren't making me money. I eventually stopped doing the one-on-one, which was a big jump for me. And I just focused on the group. So now I don't ever want to create anything else again. <laughs> now I'm like, got it. This is great. I'm, that's not realistic. I'm sure it's going to shift, but I tried everything else first. And that's how I got to this business model. You know, we just had a coaching call yesterday with our inner circle clients and those are, that's sort of our advanced group of students. And one of them was talking about how she just finished her beta launch and what was she going to make next? Or she was in the process of doing her first launch and she's already feeling stress and anxiety about not knowing what she's going to make next. And we were like, but what if, what, <laughs> what if you never have to make anything else? And I think it's this, when people are just getting started, it's this revolutionary idea that like you could actually build an entire business on one offering. And I think your business, Becca, is the perfect example of that, that like literally that's it. I kind of learned through watching other successful business owners that most of the ones who are like really in the millions and killing it, they sell one thing. They might sell it in a mastermind and then an online, like they've got maybe different versions of how they sell it, but it's just one thing. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, I get it. And it it (laughs) kind of gave me permission to let go of some of those things and realize that that was okay. I think the thinking for most new online entrepreneurs is the more things I make, the more money I will make. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, the complete opposite, right? It like is. the it's too one confusing. Yeah. Yeah. It's too confusing. And you can't focus on all of it. You can't market all of it properly. Exactly. You have to be marketing, actively marketing all things. the time. So, and people are like, oh, well, they'll come, I'll market and then they'll come and they'll see my other offers and maybe they'll buy them. I'm like, yeah, maybe. But they also might get confused and just walk away, which is right. more likely. Right. Mm-hmm. So on our non-stream clients, when we go look at a site, if someone's asking a question, I think that is our number one feedback is like, you don't need six things. Like they have six, eight, 10 different things in their non-stream site. And it's like, you know what? You need one. You need one and you need to do it so well. I think, and I think it's hard. Definitely, like you said, the fear of like, I need to have all the things to make more money, but also the fear of like, I know a lot of people worry they're going to get bored with one thing. It's like, well, I I love doing all these things. And I think for a lot of people too, and I went through this, it takes a bit to really get confident with like owning what your expertise is Mm -hmm. and giving yourself permission to let the rest go. And it's a lesson I had to learn, but I think that it's something that we all, everyone has a thing that they're better at and that they love doing more than others. And I think it takes time to own that and let yourself actually be like, like, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have to and please I, everyone. And I do think that people think it's boring, like for them themselves. So like, I'm going to teach this over and over again, but you have iterations like along as things change. Like, can you talk about how your program has changed? Oh, you yeah. don't do the exact same thing for 10 years, right? No, no. It started. So I started this program in 2014. So it's been running for four or five years now. And it started as a $300 small program with 12 people. Um, It didn't even have a lot of content. It had, I think I made some really short audio recordings for it, but most of it was like long coaching calls and lots of one-on-one. And then I had 25 people in the next round because I wanted to try it again. And then I realized that wasn't scalable. I, I couldn't be offering it the way I was offering it 
and grow my numbers. And so it kind of forced me to go, okay, what are the key pieces of this that I can now turn into content? And that's when I recorded videos. I put it onto a membership site, but I still kept the numbers low to test that out. And so it's constantly evolving based on student feedback, the pieces that I'm getting most like excited about teaching and the stuff that I'm feeling like, ugh, I don't even care about this part anymore. I'm just going to drop this. So it's always evolving. And I think that it's funny because I work with clients that are a lot like your students, Mm -hmm. I think, who are newer to business and getting started. And they have these fears of like, well, what if I get bored of it? And we always tell them, don't worry about a future problem that might not happen. Like you're Mm -hmm. not bored of it right now. (laughs) So do it Mm -hmm. right now. And if you get bored of it, you'll figure out what to do about that. But don't not do something because of a future problem that hasn't happened yet. Right. And it's really fun to get paid when you see the yes, money because you've like focused exactly. and honed in <laughs> and like the money starts coming in. You're like, whoa, this is yeah. no longer boring. This That's is really exciting. I'm like, if you were getting paid 100K, would you be bored of it? <laughs> right. Probably not. I'm like, right. Keep going then. <laughs> well, and I think also a huge part of running an online business is the marketing. And that is always changing and evolving. And you don't get to just get bored of it and leave it the same. Like you have to always be learning the new strategies and implementing them. And so I think we also try to tell our clients, it's only a small piece, like building your actual product is such a small part of what you're going to do in your business Mm -hmm. that the marketing side is often 50% or more of your workload. And that's always changing. And there's so much room for creativity in that space. Um, Becca, I want to go back to something you said a little while ago, where you talked about it took two or three years to really work out this mm-hmm. this offering that you've created. And that just lends itself naturally to this conversation of how long does it take to really to really know you have something and to really have a business that's lifting off. And what is your perspective on time? Because I know a lot mm-hmm. of folks who are new to business, new to online space, they think, okay, I'm going to try this out for three months and see what happens. And then, what's your advice about that? So... I definitely think the quicker you are to implement, the faster you get to the answer, but there's no shortcut. So when my students ask me this, I'll usually say, give it two years in your business of like really trying. Like that doesn't mean you tried and then you stopped doing things and two years later you stopped. Like it means try an offer. It doesn't work. Instead of feeling like you're a failure, figure out what went wrong and keep Mm -hmm. tweaking, keep testing new things, keep researching your audience, like keep doing that. And during that time, you'll be making money. It's not like oh, it's going to be two years before I make anything. But I say, if you give it a solid go for two years and you've hired coaches, you've signed up for programs, because I do think that getting support if it's not working is, can make or break it. So if you've really given it a go and it's just not working, usually if that's the case, I think there's something else going on. Because I have this viewpoint that I don't think building a business is rocket science. (laughs) I don't think it's that hard. I think that our mindset usually gets in our way. But like, give it two years. And that's usually about the time where you'll be like, oh, I see. It's like, God, you know, it's things are starting to roll along differently than they did in the first three months. Three months is definitely not enough. Which I just want to, you know, emphasize that point because people will like launch something, go, oh, it didn't work. Oh, well. Yeah. It's I like, launched no, no, no. work when I first launched. No, like you do it again. Right you do it again. Like, what do you need to tweak? What do you, and then you do it again. And, and it's like, there is this huge component of staying in the game. Yeah. And unless you're completely, you know, out to lunch, it will succeed. Like the more that you, if you can just stick with it, we see it all the time. Yeah. There are birds fighting outside my window. Holy cow. <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's time like you stay in and you will be rewarded monetarily for sure. And I think clients on I see it on Namastream, they launch like, oh, it didn't work. I had two people sign up, two people, you know, and it's like you had two people signed up. Exactly. (laughs) Go for five, then go for 10, then go for 100. And that's how every single business. I always compare it to like brick and mortar. And on your first day, you might have one person in. 
And that doesn't mean you just failed. It's like, you know, you're going to close up shop. Right, exactly. And that's, I just think online, like the expectations are just all out of whack. So yeah, it's good to hear you say that. And probably similar to your clients. I know a lot of my students, they're coming from another industry a lot of the time. So like they were in corporate and now they're becoming a life Mm -hmm. coach or they were a lawyer and now they're becoming a healer. And so there's so much pressure because they were, you know, they're up here in their day-to-day career and they're starting at the bottom and they feel like they need to be up here right away. And I think just shifting that mindset of like, you're a beginner, you're starting kindergarten at the beginning. Yeah. 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 And just you're using different skills, you know, like take all of your smarts and throw that into your business. I think humility is a very important character trait for a successful entrepreneur. (laughs) And we don't talk about that enough. And I think owning what you don't know and being okay with it and really being comfortable in your own skin as um, with that learning or beginner's mindset is so powerful. So yeah, not always easy though. (laughs) Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. So we also wanted to touch upon money mindset with you because we do a, a series on women and money. So we would love to hear like over the years that you've been in business, how has your relationship with your money changed? Oh man. Well, when I started my business, I didn't have a full-time job. I had been a student and then I had been in like the restaurant industry, just bartending, working as a server. And so I never like had a full-time salary. When I started my business, I remember thinking if I can just make 50K a year, Canadian dollars. That's great. You know, I don't need to be fancy. I can live off that. That would be like my lifelong goal. Of course, I make more than that now in my business. But I think when I started, that felt unattainable for me. I was like, that's so much money. I don't know how that's ever going to happen. And definitely I've had to work on money mindset stuff because I had a lot of fears around, you know, people are never going to pay me X amount for my prices. And it took a lot of me investing in my business to be like, oh, people do pay money for things. You just have to mm-hmm. have the confidence in that. And so it, it's definitely shifted. I mean, now I have huge money goals that I think back on and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even, I never, ever, ever thought that I would, you know, my business would be earning what it does now and I'd have the goals that I do. But it was a gradual process. There wasn't one moment where I just, my money mindset shifted and all of a sudden I was like, abundance. Like it really just took, seeing that it was working definitely helped, right? Having money coming in, being like, oh, well, if some money's coming in, then more money can come in. And I think getting that first paying client was a big piece of that. It was like, oh, somebody paid me. Okay, now I just need to find more people to pay me. (laughs) I think it's so funny how we are so happy to go and buy something that we love and we're exciting or invest in coaching. And it might feel like a lot, but it's really fun to do. And you're like, you know, you're going to get the value out of it or pay for someone to do Facebook ads or pay a copy, whatever. Like, it's so exciting to pay that money and get this thing. And then when we turn it around, go, oh my God, who's going to pay me this much? It's like we, everything just shifts and breaks down, but it's like, but there's other people like you who are so excited to buy your program or to buy your service or whatever yeah. it is. Right. But it, it's just like, for some reason, we just don't see the value in our own work. Even just recently, I just, so I just turned my program into an evergreen program last year, a year ago. And that took, I had huge blocks around that. I was like, my students, my clientele are all broke. They're all just getting started. What else did I say? Oh, they really need me. Like they need the live component. No one's going to pay a thousand dollars for a self-study program. 
And I think it was Mariah that was like, why are you making their decisions about their money for them? Like, let them decide. You're not forcing them. Put up the sales page, list the price and let them decide. And I was like, oh yeah, why am I making that decision mm -hmm. for them? So even though I've like done so much work on it and I'm selling a program, you know, more expensive than that, just even just selling it in a different format, I went right back to like, oh, no one's going to buy this. Yeah. It's like a constant thing we need to remind ourselves to do. Becca, can I ask what other people in your life outside of this online space, like, do you talk about your business and sort of your, your goals for how big you want to grow? Like, what is your relationship to those other parts of your life? Not a lot. I talk a lot about it with my business friends because they get it. They're in business. I tend to talk about it most with the business friends who are around the same level as me. Are they all I, online business friends? Yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> All my online friends. I talk about it with my partner, but I don't tend to talk about it a lot with friends who aren't in this space. Do they know? Like, do those, do your other friends like have any idea what your life is like? Like your they know what side my of life you? is. They know what my yeah. lifestyle is like because yeah. they see me always, like I spend a lot of time off in my business. I'm traveling all the time. I've got yeah. my boyfriend and my dog in my van. And I think they... I don't know. I honestly think some of them, not my good friends, but I think some of the more like acquaintance friends probably see it and are just like either assume that I'm broke or that I'm like <laughs> pulling some money scam. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they yeah. think. Actually, it's funny. <laughs> I just try not to worry about it because if I start thinking about it, I'll get in my head about it. But my closer friends, like they know, but I don't talk about it a lot because the truth is like my business earns way more money than what they make in their day job. Now that's not what I pay myself, but just, you know, you guys know mm -hmm. business numbers are different than our salaries. And so to say like, I want my business to make a million dollars next year. I said it the other day to a few friends because I was like, I'm just going to practice this because I need to just talk about it and not let it be such a big deal. And they were just like, holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, guys, that's not why. But I still had to preface it with like, that's not what I'm paying myself. I'm not a millionaire. It's not like that. It's not how it works. And I was like, just leave it. So it is interesting. I definitely feel more comfortable talking about the money side of the business. It's funny because now that my business is successful, I talk about it I don't talk about it for different reasons. When I was starting, I almost wanted to be like, it's going well. Yeah, sure. Like, even though maybe it wasn't. So I had a, kind of a different face to it than now that it's successful. Either way, I think I just don't talk about it <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Is that normal? What do you guys think? Are you guys the same? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think I still feel like there's people in my life that have no idea what I do, right? Like that this is, this thing is, they know about Namastream. They know I have this company, but I think they have no idea, what it, what you know, it really but yeah, my details. best friends know, but yeah, I mean, it's really weird, right? Because I was really embarrassed, which I talked about last time we were all together. I have this confused relationship with this company because of my background and the other kind of work that I've done and it feels incongruent. And so I think there's just like, I have a hard time understanding that I'm all of these things and not just you know, a singular dimension of a human yeah. being that I have like other parts of myself and related to my career. But yeah, I don't know. I think that if you're not in the online space, it's really hard to understand what the space is. Well, and what we do every day. Yeah. Because I think people see me just float. And I'm not like a lifestyle entrepreneur. Like I'm not posting stuff of my right. first class trip to Paris, right? It's just like yeah. me rock climbing and camping in my van. It's very low key. But I think they see that and then they're like, oh, she just like posts a couple of things on Facebook and like, that seems to be how she makes her money, right? So they don't see right. the behind the scenes of like what actually goes into running a business like this. 
And it's sometimes just too hard to explain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. So can you tell us for those that don't know you or follow you on Instagram, like how does your life work? Like how many <laughs> hours are you working? I know you do two launches. Can you just explain the whole lifestyle? Yeah. So I, right now in the last couple of years of my business, I do two main launches, one in the spring and one in the fall. And so that means I'm usually home for like two months doing pre-launch stuff and then launching and then actually running the program. So that's probably like two and a half to three months that I'm like usually home in Toronto because I like to run the program from my home just for the stability of it. And then I usually take off traveling, playing outside, not working a ton until the next launch in the fall and then same over the winter. And so it's not like I'm doing nothing in those in-between times, but I definitely, for the last couple of years, I didn't have anything to sell. It was just the two launches. And so I was like, well, what we found is that most people come into our world and buy the program just a few months before the launch. So why am I, why would I spend all this time doing marketing when they can't buy anything from me for six months? And so I took that theory and rolled with, <laughs> ran with it. So I'm doing some maintenance. Sometimes I'll pop in and do a Facebook live or I'll republish an old blog post or whatever. Um, but really I'm not doing a ton. And then I just ramp up before the launch. Now that's shifting because now I have something to sell. So now that I have my evergreen program, there's work to do in between because I want people to be enrolling in that. But because I don't, I'm really big on lifestyle. I didn't build a business so I could just work nine to five Monday to Friday and have two weeks vacation. Like that is not, my business is called the uncaged life. That's not going to work for me. (laughs) So I just hired a full-time team member to basically run operations for me so that I can go off and play and still take, I probably take about four to five months completely off during the year where I'm like not doing anything, not working at all. Which is amazing. Amazing. It's pretty amazing. I mean, when I started, that was the dream, but I was like, I don't know how that's ever going to happen. Right. But I think that's the message I really want people to hear is like you sell one thing and you take 45 months off and enjoy your life and do all these amazing, cool outdoor things. And sometimes you're like off the grid, like you're in like Clarny. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like often I'm backpacking or I'm, you know, we're on a rock climbing trip somewhere with crappy service, sleeping in our van. So yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you about Megan, your team member that you just hired. We love her. She's fantastic. (laughs) And so you hired her just because you went evergreen? I hired her because my old VA was leaving. Mm -hmm. And so I needed help in my business, but I knew that I needed more support than just what my old virtual assistant was able to do. And so I was really ready to hire a team member who could kind of take over not only like the smaller stuff, but help me like strategize, market, do community management, like repurpose content, just kind of a, I know they call it an integrator and whatever that book is. I haven't read it, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You should probably read it. (laughs) I haven't haven't read that book either. Everyone's always talking about that book. I don't know what that is. (laughs) He's like an operations manager. So part of it was I knew I needed support. And now that I had something to sell, it made sense to have someone more full-time really helping Mm -hmm. Just there was definitely gaps in my business. My business was not running perfectly during these times when I was away because my community just like didn't hear from me. They still stuck around. I have a very active Facebook group that runs without me. Um, But I just knew that we could be more strategic with how I'm using the huge community that I have. And so it felt like time. I just needed someone to come in and I wanted, it's been a relief to have Megan because it feels like the whole of the business is not on my shoulders anymore. Right. Not that it's on hers now, but it just takes a lot of the pressure off of like, I have to do everything and be on top of everything. Cause I'm not mm-hmm. an organized person and I'll just procrastinate and then go into the woods for a few months and then come back and be like, Oh, nothing's happening in my business. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So it was a scary decision though. That's part of the money mindset thing mm-hmm. too, was like, okay, so we're going to be like paying somebody a full-time 
salary even essentially she's a contractor but it's you know it's equivalent mm-hmm. to like a full-time job and that is scary that's really scary for me i resisted building a, a bigger team i mean it's not a big team but paying a lot of money for a team i guess for a long time because i right. thought what if i just want to not work for a year or skip a launch like you know i don't want to have to be responsible for other people's livelihood groceries yeah 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 it's a what? lot of responsibility yeah becca what are you struggling with right now in my business, <laughs> email marketing systems. <laughs> well, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like some, just some system stuff. I wouldn't say, well, I'm not struggling because now I have Megan on board and she can struggle, <laughs> Megan <laughs> she can can struggle, struggle for, for you. Me. But a lot of just like really getting our systems and strategies cleaned up because previously before Megan, just kind of haphazard, I didn't have a lot of structures in place. We weren't doing a lot of great tracking. And so now just realizing like, oh, this is a big piece of the business that we need to get really organized and streamlined so that we can make the evergreen sales so that I can pay Megan <laughs> so right. that I can maybe hire another team member to support Megan. Right. So now right. it's like, yeah, all of that is important. I wouldn't say it's a struggle, but it's just a new phase of like, it's, we're kind of in a growth phase of like just getting some icky stuff in place so that we can like move on to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so what's next? Well, I mean, it's funny because I always get asked this question and usually the answer is like nothing. <laughs> Not, and it's been, it's my been next so time. nice for the past few years to be like, nothing, nothing's changing. Everything is just like going along as is. We got the two launches. I'm traveling. Um, obviously now that we have the evergreen, what's next is to really just to to wrap that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to make some, a couple of changes to the program and some small stuff like that. But yeah, and there's never, I'm not a big, like, I never have like, Ooh, and now I need to build the big next thing. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you're moving to Squamish though. Yeah. So I'm moving to, yeah. Permanent. So next is to do my next launch in April and then move to the mountains and just be outside even more, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's so, such a beautiful area. So you're leaving Toronto for good. Yeah. We have our loft here that we own. And so we'll rent it out just to keep it for a bit, make sure <laughs> Squamish is the right decision. Yeah. But it's, we're considering it a per- mostly permanent move. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. I've never lived in like a small town. I guess it's considered a small town. So we'll see if I like it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's super good. All right. Do you have a joy and hustle for us? Right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. So joy is like something that brings me joy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. In my business or anywhere? It can be Any- anywhere. Anywhere. That, there's a joy in the hustle and the hustle is hopefully a business tool. Hustle, I have a business yeah. tool. The joy is really, honestly, it's like my boyfriend and my dog. Like just being, it's Henry's over here. Hi, Henry. Um, I call him my lunch husband during my lunch. <laughs> he is just so supportive. And the, you know, the reason I work in this structure where it's a lot of work and a lot of time off is so, and he has a very flexible job as well. It says that we can like as a little family unit go and have these adventures and really just enjoy each other's company. So that's a huge part of the reason of why I run my business. That's my selfish reason for running my business. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yes. Okay. So my hustle tool, I consider this a business tool. I'll be curious what you guys think is the Voxer app. Uh-huh. Yes. I don't know if anyone's mentioned yes. that one before. It's maybe not an obvious business tool, but it's a walkie talkie app on your phone. I'm sure you guys have it. Yes. And we have a whole podcast episode about Voxer. You? Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. So I can think of another one if this one's been done. No, no, but... we, haven't, no, no. we haven't talked about it for a while though. Oh, okay. So it's good. The reason that I love it is because it just, we spend so much time on our computers typing that like mm-hmm. after my launch, I'm literally going around just like massaging my wrists. Yeah. And it's just such a great way to like start and build and foster relationships with the people that you meet online. And so like with Megan, we mostly just talk over Voxer. I can be walking my dog and, you know, shooting one of my clients, some strategy ideas through Voxer. 
you know, I can add you girls on Voxer and we can brainstorm together or like have little mini masterminds without having to get on the phone because no one wants to, you know, do that mm-hmm. other than to be on a podcast. Um, so yeah, I love it. It's been so great for just building up my network of business friends, which I think is so important for anyone who has an online business and who the people in the rest of their life don't necessarily get it. Like you need to make those business friendships. And it's just been such a great tool for helping to facilitate those. It is so different to talk versus type. I just like the emotion and the intonation and the pause, yeah. like everything is comes across differently. So yeah, Jenny, and we just have the back and forth, like, yeah. you know, I'll be walking my dog and have a full 20 minute conversation about strategy where I come up with a right. new idea or I'm helping somebody through a launch or whatever. Yeah. It's just so easy. So do you use that for your clients? Like in the I use it live when I run, um, not for my uncaged business program, no. But if I do, I sometimes run smaller group programs of like ten people, so I'll use it for those. And when I used to have one on one, I would use it for those as well. Right, right. Yeah, it's great yeah, for it's clients. Cool. I know a lot of coaches who love it because it's just like sometimes you just don't want to type anymore. <laughs> right, and it's listed like Voxer access or whatever, like seven yeah, days exactly. a week Voxer. Yeah, support so. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I know. But, I'm always like, anytime. And then I'm like, actually, don't box me anytime. I feel like I have to respond. And then it's probably midnight and I'm laying on my couch. And Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Becca Tracy, it has been such a great time talking to you. Thank you for spending it with us. And we look forward to following you. And yeah. boxing with you. Again. Yes. Add me Thank on Boxer. I'll send you okay. my name so we can chat. Okay. Perfect. All right. Thanks, girls. Okay. Thank thanks. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free.